I am recording now, so whenever you feel like introducing this fucker, go for it. Legend in My Spare Time contains themes and subjects that may not be suitable for everyone listening. If you're easily offended, we suggest you get your podcast on elsewhere. trouble in the air we forget our little squabbles and it's trespassers beware all the nation is united when the danger looms in sight and we march along together as we sing with all our might we must all stick together all stick together and the clouds will soon roll by we must all stick together all stick together never mind the old school time United we shall stand, whatever may befall, the richest in the land, the poorest of us all. We must all stick together, birds of a feather, and the clouds will soon roll by. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of your favorite podcast. It's me, Matt Lees, live from Cumbran, Wales. And uh, currently I am sitting in a beautiful pub by the name of the Bush Inn. And uh, the best estimation is that this pub was originated in 1850. And uh, it's, the, it's, the perfect, it's the perfect lineup for a pub, the way a pub should be. I've traveled all over the world and seen places that call themselves pubs, but those are pubs. I'm currently sitting in one. I'm sitting in a decadent, massive red armchair uh, in front of a nice gentleman that is preparing for an 80th birthday party tonight. They're going to host, it should be a wild night, I think, for this this lady celebrating her 80th. I think things are going to be off the chain. And uh, as we do that, because we're being recorded, that obviously means that my guest this week is the one, the only, the big-hearted, friendly giant, J.J. Hawkins. Hello, sir. Hello, everybody. I'm going to, if anybody hears Mac sounds, it's because I'm going to adjust your volume. Um, I just realized I can get you a little louder. Sorry. No, that's okay. There you go. Oh, now I hear myself. I'm, I'm turning you down a bit. Okay. I'm adjusting. I'm adjusting on the fly. All right, all right. We're already yelling at each other. It's only been 30 seconds. (laughs) So, JJ, this week, did you receive any uh, reach out from my listeners thanking you for doing this? Uh, Sure. No, I didn't. (laughs) No, eh? because I did get a few emails from people saying that JJ's an all right dude. So I I told them to, you know, if you want to thank JJ, listen to his show first off, Mars Needs Podcast, available on the website of Doom. More importantly, go to iTunes, subscribe, and rate him. That's how you can thank him for helping us. <laughs> well, thank you. That was very nice. Ah, uh, you know, you know. Uh, Penthouse Lenny Lilac, one of the former co-hosts, uh, told me that he thought it was a boring episode because you and I are friendly with each other, and we actually had content. You know, and I said, you know what, Lenny, eat it, eat a dick. Yeah. Basically, and uh, he is. You know, I said, if you don't like it, why don't you start your own podcast? And you know what he's doing? He's starting his own podcast. Yes, titled Matt Lees is Dead to Me, featuring nice. Pentel's Lenny Lilac, Impact Eddie Osborne, and the hardcore hick Jeff Black. They're going to do their own weekly podcast. They say they are, uh, which I'm then going to push out through the Legend in My Spare Time feed, so hopefully you guys will get two a week. So, you know, there's yeah. nothing better than telling me one episode is boring. How about I give you two a week? How's that? Exactly, and I think I'll, we'll start seeing those about the time hell starts freezing over. Boosh, exactly, <laughs> sir. So, yes, Lenny, bring it on. Matt Lees is Dead to Me sounds like a great idea for a podcast. Exactly. Go right ahead, sir. Exactly. Well, and I, I did lie to you. Uh, I did have, uh, I'll, I'll tell you off mic a little bit, but somebody who is a mutual friend of ours who asked not to be mentioned on the podcast uh, did actually reach out to me, and so I thought that was incredibly nice. So nice things do happen on Legend in My Spare Time. Very rarely, but yes, they do. So yeah, like I said, uh, I'm sitting in the Bush Inn, which is a pub opened in 1850. And uh, there's a real atmosphere. It's really, really cool. And uh, what it is is because it's a Friday night here in Wales, and Friday night, well, any night really, but especially Friday night is a night for people to go out and get, you know, blastingly drunk. Um, This is a pub with a more classy clientele. And uh, this is a pub where I probably wouldn't get mugged for my iPhone. There you go. So 
that's why I chose this place. And you know what? Because this uh, the birthday party tonight, they're doing a curry dinner, and it smells outstanding in here. You would not believe. If only we could have smell a vision on this podcast. <laughs> It smells great. But people listen at all sorts of odd times. I know I listen first thing in the morning, and I don't know that I would necessarily want a, a, a strong whiff of, of curry at like you know 4 a.m. No, that's true. I'm actually surprised you can tolerate Matt Lee's at 4 a.m. <laughs> well, sometimes it's a challenge. I can imagine, especially, you know, uh, I was thinking if you had smell vision for the days when I had Impact and Hardcore Hick, you know, two yeah. big burly pro wrestlers, I don't think you'd want smell vision for that. Not so much, especially not with all the uh, mic farting that goes on. Yeah, that's rough. I'm mean, a little embarrassed by all, uh, all No, I'm not embarrassed at all. I'm proud. Very proud. And I don't know that I'd want to smell the bloody mic, so... Yeah, that mic's gone. I left that behind with Impact. I brought the two good ones. Good for you. And I said, here you go, Eddie. You can have this mic. And he said, this is the bloody one, isn't it? And I was like, you think I'm going to give you one of the good ones? Yeah. It's your fault the guy bled into this. You told me to interview him even though he was bleeding. So, yeah, you you take this mic with blood all over it. A nice mineral smell to go along uh, with yeah, just it, a hint yeah, of rotting it, flesh. It was a little, yeah, it was a little stinky, I'll be honest. Blood stinks. So, uh, yeah. So since our last uh, adventure, JJ, did you get to see the film Attack the Block that we were talking about? I did, actually. <clears throat> and where did you where did you lay on that one, good sir? Uh, I adored it. Now, it was kind of funny. Um, I uh, we went to it's only playing at uh, at one theater here. Uh, and it's my least favorite theater. It's the one by the mall. And uh, so we went there and I knew that there was this older couple that was sitting across from us that I was, you know, just by walking in, I was kind of like, what the heck are they doing here? Um, but you know, <laughs> we went ahead and went to that theater anyway. I should have said this in the other order, but we went to that theater anyway, cause I had a free ticket and free popcorn. So I'm like, sure. Why not? Uh, mm-hmm. and so we get in there, <clears throat> we go to a matinee and there's this, sorry. And I apologize to everybody about clearing my throat and stuff. I've got a lozenge in my mouth. I've had a cold all week. Um, in fact, I basically just got my voice back. Um, but uh, so yeah, we were watching the film, and uh, okay, so it ends. Or not it ends. It, it begins with um, a. I know you don't want to give too many spoilers, but it begins with an act of violence, not yes. terribly violence, but it's a crime. And as you had said, there's a lot of slang, and it's a little you know it comes at you pretty quickly, and. Uh, so at the beginning of the film, I was a little worried about how much these two were were talking. I was like, because you know, it was in a, like the small theater, because it's a you know it's not a big movie, and so they crammed it in the in the mall theater in that you know that theater that's always the screen that's always like you know around the hallway, and you know it's basically just a big fucking uh, uh, television that you're watching it on. Yeah, probably <laughs> the same one that folks listening now have seen Kevin Smith movies in. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it was in that one. And so these people, even though they were a couple of rows back, they're still pretty much sitting in my lap. And so I was hearing them talk, and I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be rough." Because you know, my girlfriend really wanted to see this on the big screen, uh, which is why we weren't waiting or watching it at home. And and so she, uh, um, and so I was, and I get so tense. She can tune that stuff out, but I cannot. And oh, you luckily, mean like people talking in the theaters and stuff? Oh yeah, you know, it drives me nuts. She she's yeah, okay with it, but it dry you know because she can usually focus on the film. But I mean, even if it's just somebody who like is shuffling that you know like trying to get salt all over their popcorn or something, those little noises drive me nuts. Yeah, me too. To the point that I enrage myself and I know better, but then I don't enjoy the experience. Exactly. But I was very happy because they left like right oh. in the middle of that particular act of violence, and I was like, ding dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> And, so, <laughs> and then I enjoyed the whole rest of the film because it was cause nice. we basically had our own private screening and it was very it was fantastic. But I agree that the dialect is a little um, it's a little thick. You kind of at points just have to go. Uh, I think I know what they're saying, but yeah, I've never felt so um, Caucasian and American before. No, absolutely. And uh, yeah, but you thought the overall it was overall it was enjoyable. I thought. Honestly, it was the best John Carpenter film he never made. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, uh, John Carpenter is very hit or miss, and his good films are fantastic. And this felt like just kind of a fun, low-budget John Carpenter flick. Yeah, exactly. It was It was almost like a B-movie, but it wasn't trying to be any more than that. Yeah. Uh, no, I enjoyed it for that. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I tried to watch it a second time, but I actually fell asleep, you know, because I'm a working man now. Right. 
So, you know, I get tired when I get home. But, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I know it's something that I'll watch over and over again. Yeah. Um, along that vein, I picked up Thor on DVD. I loved that movie. Yeah, I did too. Like, in the theater, I loved it, loved it. Tried to, I started to watch it on DVD last night, and I kind of found myself getting a little bored. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't in the right frame of mind, or maybe I, you know, it's just... I, I enjoyed it so much the first time, and then the second time I was just kind of like, eh... Eh. it's um okay well i will say when captain america came out and i enjoyed captain america so much it did show the weaknesses of thor mm-hmm. um you kind of went you watched it and you're like oh wow this is the movie that i thought thor was and so i think in hindsight thor might not hold up as much and i also think that part of what made thor really work was the the scale you know seeing uh, all the different worlds and stuff and on the big screen it might not hold up as much on in your house but uh i'm still a bit of a thor nut so you know as long yeah. as i see a, a long-haired blonde man throwing a hammer uh which yeah. may be the gayest thing i've ever said <laughs> i don't know you got a lot of podcasts under your belt that's true but you know as long as i see the the hairy blonde man throwing around his hammer i'm i'm pretty happy <laughs> I'm gonna clip just that quote. There you go. And that's gonna be the opening of the show. <laughs> cool. Uh, I I did enjoy the whole like he comes to Earth and has to deal with humans. I yeah. really enjoy those things about movies when they do that. You know, this these these really str- these not human people have to come to Earth and deal with us. Kind of like how my favorite Star Trek movie is The Voyage Home. Right. Um, just because the scene of Spock on the bus, those scenes are just fantastic. Or when you know McCoy is in the hospital and he says, "What's wrong with you?" Oh, I got cancer, and he's like, "Cancer." Take two of these. Yeah. You know, th- those kinds of scenes are really entertaining, but I definitely enjoyed Captain America a lot more. Well, Captain America was just, it, it, when you look at the structure of a film, it was a better structured film. Um, it just, it didn't have the, the plot weaknesses that it turned, that Thor had that I didn't notice the first time. No. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe the second time around I was like, eh. But that being said, I got it for pretty cheap, so it's not uh, you know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I mean exactly. And with that being said, I don't own it yet, but I will own it and I will watch it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, also tried to rewatch X Men First Class, uh-huh. uh, which I really enjoyed. But the problem is, I uh, legally acquired this version, oh. and uh, in the legally acquired version, they don't subtitle all the German. You know, oh. there's, there's a lot of scenes in Nazi Germany in this in this yeah, version, yeah. you know. And then when Magneto is traveling around, he's speaking German to a lot of people. Right, right, right. No idea without the subtitles, not a clue. <laughs> it's kind of funny because my girlfriend studied two years of German in college. So uh, as we were watching it, there was a couple of times where she chuckled, and I'd look over and she'd be like, "Yeah, they got that translation just a little bit wrong." <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. So I, I think I would be okay because I would just go, what's going on, Elizabeth? <laughs> yeah, please explain this funny German talk to me. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, what else was I going to discuss this? Well, you know what? Here in Wales, it's been uh, abnormally warm. And there's something I've learned about Welsh men this week. Uh, <laughs> being at work, uh, I work in like, uh, I work in a, let's just, I work in a cell phone shop in the main part of town. So here in, especially Wales, they don't exactly have malls. They just have like a shopping area where all the stores are kind of, you know, you walk outside to get in between the stores. Right. Uh, so it's been quite warm, maybe almost 80 degrees this week. And uh, it seems that Welsh men, especially younger Welsh men, as soon as the sun's out, they take their shirts off. <laughs> So they're walking around in town and walking into stores and they're riding their bikes and they're sitting at the pub with no shirt on. So, I, I mean, it's literally, you just see them walking by you, you walk in front of the store and I'm like, there's a guy without his shirt on. And it's everywhere. They uh-huh. are everywhere, these guys without their shirts on. So I asked one of the Welsh guys that I work with, I said, hey man, what is it with you Welshies taking your shirts off? And he's like, oh, we just like showing off our nipples. <laughs> So apparently a Welsh guy in the sun likes to take his nipples out. So, you know, now the listeners at home have learned something about Wales. Now, here's the important thing. Are the Welsh a, uh, an attractive race? See, here's the thing. I got to be careful now because we may start to have Welsh listeners, but uh, there are a lot more people in Canada and the United States that are middle of the road. And by that, I mean, eh, you know, they're not, uh, they're not drop dead gorgeous, but they're not ugly. Right. Seems that here in Wales, it's either it's either night or day. Okay, there is no in between. 
Because, I mean, yeah, this is the country that gave us, you know, both Tom Jones and Catherine Zeta-Jones. So uh, they are, they do have the possibility of being very attractive people. Yes, but then there is the, for every yin, there is a yang, my friend. (laughs) And uh, I see people walk by the store, and you can almost literally count them out, 50% of them. So you see a gorgeous girl walk by, and then the complete opposite walks by. Yeah, okay. You see a guy walk by that's in, you know, like a nice shirt. He's got, prop, you know, he's dressed very well, looks after himself. And then right after him, you see a chubby guy with his shirt off because, again, it's hot, so it's time to get the nipples out. And it's outstanding, the, the complete, the complete yin and yang of it all. And I pointed it out to, to my manager at the store, and I said, you know, what's the deal with that? And he's just like, that just seems to be how it is. I, I don't know what it is, but that's exactly what happens here in Wales. Okay, well, because I know I was talking to a, um, a couple of friends of mine that are Irish, and they put forth because you know they've been here in the states before, and they put forth that they honestly believe that ugly in the United States is prettier than ugly in Europe. Mm-hmm. And they don't exactly know why that is. It's just that you know maybe it's because we are you know we are immigrants from everywhere, and you know Canada gets quite a bit of that as well. Um, and the fact that you know we're we're not necessarily a a pure uh, pure stock. We're all mixed in, so we get like the the nicest bits of of the different European and and yeah. uh, and Asian and everything cultures. So we kind of become a uh, a more attractive, homogenous country. Whereas it, you know the places that are a little bit more landlocked, uh, it's closer to inbreeding. And I don't mean it in a sort of you know deliverance backwards kinds of way. It's just it's a smaller gene pool. Yeah, exactly. So as much as it pains me to say it, I'm here to tell you folks that the Irish are right in this case. Yeah. And you know, and that's as ugly as ugly. And that's not saying anything about, you know, any of our future Welsh listeners. Thanks a lot, you know, for coming along. Well, absolutely. And if you are listening as a Welsh listener, get to Upper Cumbran and go to the Bush Inn because they are kind enough to let me record here. Yeah. No, but you're absolutely right. It's funny because when I went to London to see the Tell 'em Steve Dave guys, you know, when I met Brian Johnson and uh, Brian Quinn, just saying, just putting it out there. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, everybody in London was beautiful. Guy, girl, everyone was pretty. Right. And some of that comes from money. I mean, uh, because I know that uh, definitely, you know, here in the States that, you know, people with – you can tell the people who have had good health care growing up Mm -hmm. versus, you know, some of the people that were poor and, you know, and maybe didn't get to go to the doctor every time they skinned their knee. And so, you know, there are definitely people here with – you know, scarring and body parts missing and stuff. And then there are the people that just have like the absolutely perfect skin and, and, you know, the, you know, glowing unnaturally white teeth. And I kind of hate those people. Yeah, we all do. We all hate the pretty people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's easy to hate on the pretty people. Um, it's also easy to hate on uh, dumb people, as terrible as that's going to make me sound. Oh, uh, because n- now that I work in a cell phone store again, I'm working with the general public again. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, and here's the thing. Here's what I want to put out there. Whether you're listening in Wales, Ireland, Europe, the United States, if you had trouble years ago operating your VCR, <laughs> then, then do not buy an iPhone. Do not buy an Android phone. Do not buy a BlackBerry. It's not made for you. Buy a Nokia flip phone that's nice and easy where you can just, you know, it's the green button to answer a call and it's the red button to hang up a call. If you are one of those people who cannot function a VCR, do not come and buy a cell phone from me. Right. Well, I mean, you know what? I'll sell you the cell phone because some of my job is commission-based. So, yeah, yeah, come and buy a cell phone for me. But don't come back and ask me how to work it. Yeah. And then don't yell at me because you don't know how to work it. Yeah. Oh, the amount of, like, uh, we had, you know, we've had customers come in who, you know, they say, well, my phone doesn't work. Well, what's wrong with it? Well, this, this, and this. Okay, well, step one is to do a factory default, just like it is with any phone, right? Plug it into your computer, do a factory default, because if it's a software issue, that's going to fix it. And then they say, oh, well, my computer doesn't work. Okay, then your other option would be for me to send your phone away and get it repaired. Oh, but then I'm without a phone. That's okay. I can give you a, I can give you a, a loaner phone. And you just have to pay a deposit, and we'll give you that back. Oh, I don't have any money. Then what do you want me to do? We have two options. You've said no to both of them. At this point, my hands are tied. So maybe we should just you know, throw this phone away and give you a Nokia flip phone. If you see where I'm coming from, it's a yeah. little frustrating. Yeah, I understand. Because, you know, people they they put up a roadblock everywhere you stand. You know, 
Yeah, but by the same token, uh, I know that recently, well, I mean, not that recently, it's been over a year ago, but my phone died. And I, uh, I'm i not saying that I am necessarily uh, intelligent, but I do know that, you know, certain, I at least know to, you know, before you call IT to turn it off and on again. Exactly. And so... Uh, <clears throat> My phone wasn't reacting properly, so you know I, I did I did the stuff that I knew how to do, and that you know I took you know I made sure that I took the battery out and let it re, you know and let it reset, and uh, and you know and again just did what you said where you restore everything to you know factory re, you know, and so I take the phone back, and I tell them when I when I got it, or when I when I took it back to the the, the store, and I'm going to go ahead and name drop because I'm about to drop them because I fucking hate T-Mobile. Um, but I went to, you know, I went to the T-Mobile store and, uh, oh shit, this is your, sh- your, your show. Maybe I'll stop name dropping. <laughs> I don't uh, want to get you, you in name trouble. Drop all you want. That was a good connection. Cause you mentioned Catherine Zeta Jones who does commercials for T-Mobile. There you go. Uh, but when and I, that's not the company I work for. So blow me T-Mobile. Yeah. Um, but so I, I went there and I told them, okay, so my, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what the issue is right now. Uh, but I went there and I told them what the issue was, and I was like, "Look, okay, so what I've done is, you know, I've taken the battery out. I, you know, I, I took the the SIM card out, put the SIM card back in. I, uh, you know, and I restored everything to the to the default. So this is, you know, this is exactly, but it's doing, you know, but this is what it's doing. And then they then they go through this checklist, and the first thing they ask me is like, "Okay, have you turned the phone off and on again?" Oh. Why, yes, I have. <laughs> As you- I just told you. Yeah, and so it's like, why did I give you the twenty minutes of explanation if you're just, you know? And so, so yes, not only is the general public stupid, but sometimes those select members of the general public that they actually, you know, dress up in uniforms and make them pretend like they're authority figures are just as fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. You know, so you know, much of the this uh, of interaction would so mu- it would just be solved if people would just fucking listen oh i agree i mean especially the people that you know we go over the details of a contract with them and then they come back and say well you didn't tell me that and i'm like oh i'm afraid that i did and then you initialed right here to say that i told you that so just because you're angry that you chose the wrong phone sir doesn't mean that i lied to you yeah i mean one of the reasons i don't have a smartphone is because i don't want all of that functionality no, exactly. I mean, if you look, think about it. There's more. That's just more things to go wrong, right? More things to mess up your phone. Well, and plus, I know that you know I spend enough time vegged out in front of like you know Twitter and all that shit. That if it's attached to my phone, uh, you know, I need to be away from things sometimes. I kind of, I, I admit it. I kind of miss the days where you could go out and have an entire day's adventures, and no one could reach you on the phone. And then you would come home, and you would have messages on your answering machine. You could decide whether or not you wanted to deal with it. Yeah, I gotta say, when I was the in between point, when I didn't have a phone here yet, it was amazing to not have that thing in your front pocket. That you have this like almost you know subconscious addiction to check every thirty seconds. Oh, somebody might have called. Oh, I better check. Somebody might have sent me a text message. So I had a good two weeks with no phone, and I would go out like you said. I'd go out for the day, and there's nobody could get a hold of me. There was nothing in my pocket to check, and that was amazing. That was a really good feeling. That being said, first chance I got, I did buy a phone, and now I'm back on the horse, checking Facebook every thirty seconds. But it was a nice vacation. Yeah, and I'm actually getting a call right now that I'm ignoring because I don't recognize the phone number. Um, but uh, no, it's there, and I. Uh, but I, I do like having a a magical box in my pocket that I can reach. Uh, you know, like my friend. There was a, a long period of time where my friend Jason, who is quite often my co-host on uh, Marcy's podcasts, where he and I. Um, we're not able to stay in the best of touch because, you know, either one of us had a computer and the other didn't or, you know, and just, you know, even though we're good friends, we weren't able to always stay in touch. And now I have this like magic thing in my pocket and he carries one too. And anytime I get some random thought, I can just send him like a stupid punchline or just, you know, whatever just silly things going on in my head. And so I get to stay in touch with somebody who's, you know, several thousand miles away from me just on a whim. That's kind of yeah, magic. Exactly. I, I just well, that's part of the magic, right? Yeah, I just wish that you know I wasn't always you know I didn't always feel like I was attached to it. No, exactly. But it it also that made the process of leaving the country a lot easier because I know I have friends all over the world. Yes, and I know I can get in touch with you guys anytime I want. Yes, 
you know, anytime I need to, hey, you know what, JJ would really appreciate this story, I'm going to send him a Facebook message. Yeah. And I can. So, I mean, it's part of the reason that I wasn't scared to leave and scared to leave everything behind because technically you're not leaving anything behind. I mean, I can talk to Zach and Weller and everybody instantly as soon as, like you said, as soon as I think of something stupid, send it over real quick and he'll say, you know, and then I get a response. And it's, you know, technology is great and it's terrible all at once. Yeah. Well, hell, just like today, I, I didn't have to work my full work day. You knew it basically the same time my girlfriend knew it. Yes, because you and I were, you know, it, it was one of those things. We didn't really have to pick a time that we were going to podcast. We just had to be able to be in touch, which we can do with the wonders of technology. So I had a Facebook from you that said, hey, I'm done. I'm on my way home. And then I said to you, hey, I'm going to go to this pub. It'll take me 15 minutes. Yeah. And then 15 minutes later, I got a message from you and you said, all good to go. And here we are now. Yep. So that's the wonders of technology, which brings you this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So let's take a moment to say thank you to the technology, I guess. Thank you, technology. Hey, that was a creepy voice. <laughs> Thank you. I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, but that voice actually reminded me of Elmo a little bit. Okay. And have you heard of that? Have you heard of that documentary called Being Elmo? Um, no, but I would probably watch the hell out of it because I think Kevin Clash is actually a really cool dude. Is that that's the guy who plays Elmo? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's a documentary, and it shows you know the, I only saw the trailer, of course, but it shows him as a kid like making his own Muppets and saying that he wanted to work with Jim Henson, and now he's the voice of Elmo. Yeah. So it looks like a really, really interesting documentary, but I don't know how long it'll take me to get access to it. Well, and I think it's fun, too, when you uh, then, if, if you are kind of a Muppet fan, which I am, and you, you inform people that uh, Elmo is a like very attractive, large black man, it yeah. kind of freaks people out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea. When I first saw the trailer, I was like, wait a minute, that's Elmo? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't bother me either way, of course, but it's still a surprise because you're like, that really? Yeah, and he does that. Uh, he Go also ahead. was uh, he was Splinter in Ninja Turtles. That's the same guy. I did not know yeah. that. The you know, oh, I made a funny. Yeah, that's 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 Elmo. <laughs> I made another funny. Yeah, just like Yoda and uh, Kermit are the same guy. Actually, no? Yoda and Miss Piggy are the same guy. That's what I th- no. That's not what I meant at all. I was misinformed then. Because <laughs> uh, Jim Henson was Kermit, Frank Oz was Yoda. So Yoda was the, it was Miss Piggy, Fozzie, um, and I can't think of any other Frank Oz character. Oh, he was also uh, Bert. Well, it's way cooler to think that Miss Piggy and Yoda are the same guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Speaking of Yoda, I'm currently working on having his famous "Fear leads to anger" speech. Uh huh. What is it? Fear leads to... Uh, I can't remember it. I can't remember it. Yeah. Oh, uh, you it, You know, there, there's enough uh, out there of Star Wars that I, I actually do have memorized. I don't really necessarily feel the need to memorize any more. <laughs> yeah. No, I mention it because I want, I'm want. i working on having it transposed into Latin. Oh, fun. Uh, because I want to have it uh, tattooed on myself. And the object would be to have it written tattooed as if it appears on a piece of old burnt parchment paper. Oh, fun. Uh, in the background of that, I'd like to have the Rebel Alliance symbol really faded as if, like I said, old burnt parchment paper. Nice. With his, with his quote on top of that in Latin. So that way people aren't like, dude, you have Star Wars on your arm. People will be like, what does that say? And if I want to explain it, I will. And if I don't, I don't have to. Exactly. Or you can make up some other thing because they won't know. Yeah, every time they ask me, I'll tell them it's something different. Yeah, this tattoo uh, actually says, I was headed on my, I was on my way to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Exactly. You can play with your friends next summer <laughs> exactly um, uh, like i have a tattoo on my arm that's the it's actually the date signifying the date my grandfather died um but sometimes you don't feel like telling that story so sometimes when people ask me if it's not somebody that i want to share that story with i'll just make things up oh it was the combination of my locker in high school i have a really bad memory yeah it's you know? the date i learned how to jerk off uh <laughs> exactly with both hands exactly it's the day jj hawkins taught me the happy stranger Ooh, what's the happy stranger <laughs> <laughs> um, the weird part was he sat on his own hand and then did me I didn't understand what he was doing <laughs> so that way it's not gay because I couldn't feel anything exactly what we were thinking yeah I saw a uh, I saw a dude here uh, I was uh, just walking down the street and I saw a guy who had this like really really crappy uh, uh, minivan I mean just in terrible shape but I was like that's a really good paint job and as I got closer I realized that what it was is they had painted the uh, the rebel symbol on the front, and they had painted the sides to look like the Death Star. Oh, cool! Like, that's 
it's one way to to get out of having a really shitty van. Amen, sir. Much like the guy in uh, Fanboys that has the, you know, the Star Wars painting on the side. Have you seen Fanboys? I have. Yeah, you know his van has them on the side, but it's Leia, Leia and Han and yeah, all that as I hiccup my beer back up. <laughs> oh, nice! You're actually having a beer at the pub. Nice, and it sounds like there's oh, people yeah. spilling in. They're starting to spill in for this wild party tonight, sir. That's kind of fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and actually, what's really interesting about this pub is, other than the ambiance, is uh, Tuesday nights they do live jazz. Oh, cool. Which is like a live jazz jam, so if you want to join in, you can join in. And Thursday nights they do a folk night. That sounds pretty cool. And depending on the jazz or the folk music, it could be awesome or really boring. Exactly. So, of course, as soon as I have a guitar, I plan to come here and uh, turn jazz night into blues night. <laughs> Jazz and blues are pretty closely related. You're absolutely right. Hey, speaking of blues, I downloaded today some songs by Hugh Laurie. Oh, yeah. Who just did a blues album, a piano-based blues album, and they are fantastic. I've kind of wondered. I, I knew he had it, but I hadn't heard it yet. No, it's real. I saw it in HMV today and then just bought a few of the songs off of iTunes, and I thoroughly enjoyed them. That being said, I'm huge into blues, so as soon as I hear that, down, 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 I'm in. Yeah, but it's great, and I think uh, what's really cool about it is it's not songs like "My Baby Left Me." It's songs like "The Battle of Jericho." Oh, that's and, fun! You know, it's the titles. Even the titles are just very unique, and you can tell because you know Hugh Lloyd is a very educated man. You can tell that he actually you know thought about what he wanted to write, and it's not just standard blues songs. It actually some really interesting titles, and the songs sound really good. He's got a really good band behind him, and I uh, highly recommend them. Okay. So you should check it out, you know, uh, buy it on iTunes. Do the yeah. right thing. I, well, of course I will. You have to support yeah. someone like Hugh Laurie because you want him to, you know, if people like Hugh Laurie and, and his partner in comedy, Stephen Fry, um, you want to support them because you want them to continue to do things that, that kind of push the envelope of what you, uh, what you think that a, you know, celebrity type can do. Cause I mean, you, like if you're an American, you might not be aware that Hugh Laurie had this rich comedy background. Um, yeah, and then, you know, because you just saw him in House or whatever. And right. then, and on top of you know, because then you realize he's a, you know, a very, very funny man. And then on top of that, you realize he's actually a very talented musician. So yeah. It, and then on, the, the great thing about a lot of British comedians is, is then on top of that, you realize that they're highly educated. Right. So they went to these really fancy high-end UK British schools. So not only are they funny and talented, but they also try to do something different because, you know, they've got a great education background. Yeah. Much like all the guys in Monty Python are, you know, highly schooled, highly educated. And, um, you know, it's really interesting to watch. But, yeah, Hugh Laurie, I can remember showing friends the Black Adder Christmas special. Oh, yes. Where he plays the, you know, the hoity-toity spoiled prince. And they're like, that's House? Yeah, well, the first time I saw Hugh Laurie, uh, I was a, you know, I, when I was a kid, the, the young ones were playing on uh, MTV quite often. And uh, there's an episode where the young ones go to University Challenge. And I didn't know it at the time, but they end up, they're basically playing against uh, the group, the, what was it, the the Cambridge something, but it was the group that had, um, it was uh, Hugh, Hugh Laurie, Stephen Fry, Emma Thompson, and Robbie Coltrane. Wow. And so that, yeah, in this one episode, they like, that's who they're playing against. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I just remembered it because there's like this one really nice scene where uh, Vivian is trying to explain to a... Uh, to a, uh, a security guard that the pig that he's holding is actually a ferret, so he should be able to let him in. And, <laughs> you know, it's got these really great moments. But then, you know, but then uh, I always thought that, that the other people were funny. And then as they sort of, you know, became more aware into the American audience, uh, you know, it was like, oh, wait, that's, you know, you, go, you see Emma Thompson in like, uh, I don't know, Sense and Sensibility or something like that. And you're like, holy crap, that's that chick from The Young Ones. And everybody's like, what are you? <laughs> yeah, you know they're remaking that, huh? Really? Well, they're doing a continuation of the same Young Ones characters in an old folks home. Oh, okay, I'll watch that. Is it the same actors? Same actors. Oh, I'm And in. it's going to resume as if they're now all living together in an old folks home, which to me sounds potentially hilarious. Oh, I'm in. Yeah, I think my favorite Young Ones moment is the one where they're playing Monopoly. <laughs> and he reads like, oh, you have passed go. Smash Vivian over the head with the board. <laughs> and then, of course, Vivian says, it doesn't say that on the card. And he's like, yes, it does. See, it says it right there because he had written it underneath, <laughs> which is just that. Yeah. 
and that's another show you have to think about is what did they do 12 episodes at the most if yeah. not just six i, I believe they did 12 because i think they did two seasons yeah which is not like the american way to do it which is let's do season 27 of the office yeah well you know uh, it, it, the thing is about that 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 because I, I I've gone both uh, both ways on it where sometimes I'm like yeah we should be more like the English, but sometimes um, not every show is perfectly conceptualized right away. Um, I'm it, not saying that's a good thing, but you know sometimes you don't. You know, not everything is as perfect as Faulty Towers was in that first episode. Sometimes you need the entire first season of Buffy for people to really understand what's going on. And so, you know, you end up with more episodes of good television once they really find their, their footing. Because you know, if there was only 12 episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it wouldn't have been the, the magic series that it was. Ah, uh, yeah. You say magic, I say eh. I understand, but you know, but if there was, you know, say a hundred episodes of Faulty Towers, we would have gotten bored of it. Absolutely. So yeah, I, uh, I think Faulty Towers was hilarious. Well, Faulty Towers is is a flawless comedy. There's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that series. I mean, every line hits. Every single one. Yeah, it's 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 ama- It's like it's like watching comedy one hundred and one. I think it, it might be the most successful comedy I've ever watched. I'm not yeah. saying it's my favorite series. My favorite series is probably Black Books, but that's just because I have a major man crush on Dylan Moran. Hey, we were talking about man crushes at work today, <laughs> and uh, we came to the conclusion that it's okay to have two. You can have two man crushes. Before oh. your sexuality gets called into question. Eh, question me. I think I have more than that. <laughs> yeah, well, who, would they, who would they be, JJ? Uh, let's see. People that I have admitted in my life that I have a man crush on. Uh, well, yes. I just said Dylan Warren. I have said Nathan Fillion before. I've said Patrick Stewart before. Well, you know what? I think that uh, any Star Trek captains can be immune from that. Okay. Well, and see, there's another one, too. I'd, I'd say that any man who says they're not secretly in love with Han Solo, they're lying. Agreed. Agreed. So maybe you and I can agree that certain people will be exempt from this rule. Yeah, okay. So we'll say any Star Trek captain, uh, except for maybe Janeway, whatever her name was, because, you know, that's a man. <laughs> yes, Janeway was a very manly captain. Yeah. Uh, Han Solo will be excluded. Indiana Jones probably, too, which just means Harrison Ford's probably excluded. Yeah, yeah we'll, just put, we'll just say that Harrison Ford is, in, is immune from any of those, yeah. uh, any of these rules, because Harrison Ford is your freebie then. Yeah. So Harrison Ford can be a free man crush for any man in the world without having anything questioned. He's the other, the, th- other than that, you're allowed two. Yeah, he's the center square in a bingo board. Correct. Now the reason this came up is because just in general conversation, I'll call him Matthias because uh, that's his name. Um, <laughs> uh, said to us, you know that Bradley Cooper, he's a lovely man. And I said, pardon? And he's like, Bradley Cooper, he's lovely. I like him a lot. <laughs> so now it's been relentless. We were teasing him constantly on, you know, hey, you love Bradley Cooper. And he's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And we're like, you know, you brought this on yourself by just saying that. Yeah. But I, I, you know, you I would say that you could also say, acknowledge that a man, uh, that another man is pretty without saying you have a man crush on them. Because quite frankly, uh, the work that, uh, that uh, why can't I think of his name right now, Chris Evans, did to become Captain America, I might not think he's pretty, but I will say he is a beautifully sculpted hunk of flesh. Agreed. And I mean, you're talking to a guy who watches professional wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so. a lot, you know, not all of them, but especially in past, you know, the era of Hulk Hogan. Those are people that very much try to sculpt themselves into uh, superheroes. Yeah, exactly. Which is what they were. Real life, you know, they were supposed to be real life superheroes. Yeah. Absolutely. I've been a little bored with the wrestling lately, a little over, a little whelmed. You know, you can be overwhelmed and underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. Understandably. Yeah, nothing exciting is really going on. I mean, Wolverine was on, and something you might find interesting is on the episode uh, they're going to do on Halloween, which is a Monday, I believe. You know who's guest hosting that night? Who's hosting? The Muppets. <laughs> which, you know, you laugh because it's potentially outstanding, right? Yes, exactly. Because Until Vince McMahon gets his claws into it and ruins it. Uh, yeah, possibly. Because the thing about the Muppets that people forget is um, the Muppet performers are trained to be very quick-witted and very irreverent. You know, people think of them as, as kids' television, but when left to their own devices, they're not really. No, and they're going to destroy a lot of those wrestlers. I mean, there's probably only 
three or four of those guys that could really hang with them, and the rest of them are just going to be made to look stupid. So I have a feeling they'll be very picky on who they let the Muppets interact with. For example, they'll interact with John Cena because he can kind of handle a microphone. They might interact with CM Punk because he can handle a microphone. But 90% of the rest of the roster will just... And you don't need a big heel superstar wrestler to be made to look stupid by Kermit. No, but could you imagine what you could do to like you know a, a match if you had like CM Punk, Punk actually in a match and you let Statler and Waldorf out after him? Oh, that'd be amazing. So yeah, there's there's some potential there to be an amazing episode. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So that's Halloween Monday, I believe. If if Halloween is indeed a Monday, if ha- not, it will be the closest Monday to Halloween. Halloween is a Monday, and I just because uh, I just talked to my girlfriend about it, and she works that night, so I might actually have to watch wrestling for the first time since I was like in eighth grade. Amazing, and then we can do a review that week. Yeah, you know, because Pentel's Lenny Lilac is no longer available to me because he's doing his own podcast. <laughs> yeah, sure he is. <laughs> yeah, did you hear that, Lenny? Neither not I nor JJ believe you. Yeah, we might be nice to each other, but fuck you, Lenny. Agreed. I can't say that because there are people in the pub, and I have to be polite. So you have to swear for me. No fucking problem. Hey <laughs> <laughs> man, give it one more. <laughs> fuck that. Amen. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, there's a reason we're recording on a Friday and not our usual Saturday. I say usual. It would have been the second time in a row. Yeah. Uh, but tomorrow, I'm off to Spain. What are you doing in Spain? I'm going to be, we're just going to be staying at a resort. And uh, my plan, to be honest with you, is to sit in front of the pool in a sombrero and drink drinks that have umbrellas in them. That sounds lovely. Absolutely. And I'm going to read that book, Chariot of the Gods. And uh, that's that's going to be my entire week. My par- We may do some sightseeing. I know there's a lot of uh, kind of like Roman ruins and a lot of really cool old architecture around there. Uh, but mostly I'm going to sit in front of the pool and get shit-faced. Yeah, and see, you, because you uh, spent so much time in Canada, uh, you would probably not do the first thing that I would do if I went to a Spanish resort. And that's probably uh, just get uh, a bunch of Cuban rum. Right, yeah, because you and you Americans and your Cuban items are not allowed, huh? No, we're because we've had an embargo on Cuba since way before I was born. Uh, yeah, which, which would be the reason that Weller bought Cuban cigars in Canada? So did I. <laughs> and rolled them up and hid them in his duffel bag as we drove over the border? I was told when I, when I went across that the best place to smuggle uh, that kind of stuff is on your person, so I just had them in my coat pocket. No, that's fair. No, we rolled them up and hid them in Weller's duffel bag. Yeah. But then again, the back of Weller's car also had every single possession that I had chosen to bring with me. <laughs> so there was guitar amps, uh, spe- uh, computers, guitars. And so they didn't really go through everything. They probably looked at the back and said, holy shit. Right. Well, and also when, when we came from Canada, uh, I had a friend at the time who uh, who was dying from, from cancer and wasn't getting enough pain medication. Mm-hmm. So yes, I did have a couple of uh, a couple of cigars on my person, but I also had in the car I had about five hundred dollars worth of codeine, which is a big deal. That's a bigger deal than Cuban cigars, I think. Yeah, I mean, because because codeine is over the counter in Canada, but it's prescription only here. Right, and there's actually even like it's even in Canada, it's in like cough syrup. Yeah, if you have a really bad cough like yourself, or if you have a bad throat like yourself, they're likely to give you. You can buy it at Walmart, over the counter. Yeah. Cough syrup with coating, which I've had when I've had colds, and I'll tell you, it's a fun ride. Yeah. Just saying. Well, I've had it, actually, when I had a really bad case of bronchitis. They prescribed it for me. Yes, and it's a hell of a ride, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because what we had uh, was this, like, codeine aspirin mix. So, mm-hmm. But it's what they asked for. Yeah, well, uh, I've had kidney stones many times in my life, and it's always codeine, liquid codeine they give you. When they take you to the hospital, they pump you full of liquid codeine, and you're a happy man the second that hits your bloodstream. I know more people who have had kidney stone problems young lately. I don't... There's something odd going on. Yeah, I was 15 the first time. Yeah, because I I have a a frequent listener to my show who who was apologizing for getting behind, which is always a silly thing because podcasts are disposable. I don't understand people that feel like they have to listen to the back catalog. No, Just jump in, for Christ's sake. But, you know, because you know, people listen to the old episodes. I'm like, really? Do you really care what I thought about the movie True Grit anymore? I mean, let's let's move on. Uh, but, um, but so he was saying that he'd fallen behind because he had a, a problem with kidney stones. And uh, I know another person who does a podcast or used to do a podcast that ha- gets like kidney stones almost every year. 
Yeah, I was getting them once a year for a while, which is a horrible experience. Uh, the first time I had them, like I said, I was 15, and the doctor was hesitant to say that that's what it was because he'd never seen a 15-year-old have them before. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, horrible is the right word for that. Um, I now, I've now had them so many times that I can tell hours ahead of the, uh, the crippling pain. Like I can feel the first little twinge in my back, the first little pull, and I know right away exactly what it is. So I just tell my – when I was living with my parents, I would just say, okay, I need to go to the hospital now because I know that at that point I have about two hours until I will not be able to stand up. Oh, my God. You have my, my sincerest uh, sympathies. That's terrible. Yeah, I mean it used to be terrible. Now it's not so bad because now I know in advance enough that as long as there's not a big wait at the hospital, I can get them to fill me full of pain meds just as it starts to hit. So now that I know how to control it, it's not so bad. But when I first had it the first couple of times, it was horrible. I because at first you were going to say, it's not so bad now because my cock is all stretched out. I can, yeah, well, that too. But, you know, it's cool. I could pass a Volkswagen through that fucker now. That's right. Every time I pee, it's just a huge ocean. It only takes me one second to piss because it just all comes out at once. Exactly. No, it's you know, it's one of those things you learn how to self-manage. Right. And uh, I can literally tell hours ahead and I can just say, okay, we need to go right now because I know the countdown. I can tell when it's going to start to hurt. And the problem is, even though I've been like this was in Canada and it's all obviously all over my medical record, age 15, kidney stones, age 17, kidney stones, age 18, 19, 20, kidney stones. And you go in there and you say, oh, what seems to be the problem? Yes, I suffer from kidney stones and I have another one. But they still make you do all the tests. Yeah. They sit you up and they push on your kidneys and then you scream in pain before uh. they give you the pain meds. And I love it. If I understand, of course, I understand why they don't just anybody who says it, they fill you full of codeine. But I just wish they would because I know exactly what it is and they seem to make me wait until I'm in pain. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I, I suffered from uh, appendicitis a lot when I was a kid. Oh, that's not pretty either. But uh, and I still have my appendix. That's the weird thing is I've actually had appendicitis like six or seven times. Uh, not since I grew up. It was mainly when I was younger. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, they would always catch it in time and give me antibiotics. So yeah, it's, I, you know, the, at least now I'm in Britain where it's you know free to be taken care of. Yes. So you know, next time I get it, I'll just be I'll walk in, I'll find her the vein, and I'll say liquid codeine, please, ma'am. <laughs> And Just they'll still give you all the tests. Yeah, and they'll call the police because I'm a drug seeker. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But so, at least you, know, you did go from like, free medicine to free medicine, so, you know, way to go. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just one of those, it's so strange you go to a different part of the world and how many things are completely different. Yeah. I don't like the medical system or how cell phones work or how a credit check works. It's just different all over the world. It's very strange. But, of course, here in Britain, we drive on the right side of the road. And by that, I mean the correct side of the road. Um, because uh, I heard the other day on Joe Rogan's podcast that the reason that we drive on the left side of the road here is because in the olden days, uh, when you would be on horseback, you'd need to be on the left side of the road so that you could have your sword in your right hand. Yeah. If you needed to cut somebody down, you could do that nice and easy. See, that would suck for me because I'm left-handed. I would get, I would just get murdered. Yeah, you would. Sorry about that. That's okay. But I, you know, I was, I had the advantage when shaking hands because you know you shake hands with your right hand, and I could still kill you with a dagger. Then you probably would. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not exactly the nicest person. Well, no, you're, no, you're, you're all right, I guess. But I, I can imagine in a time of, in time of in time of trouble, you can be a hardcore mofo. <laughs> I, I, I am. Uh, I, I have been called uh, borderline sociopathic before, so you know that works. Hey, we're podcasters. We've well, all been called that. Yes, exactly. I'll now, I want you to know that I always stick up for you when yeah, people say you look like Nick Foley. I'm sorry. I'm kind of enjoying the accent that's coming in through louder than your own voice right now. That was kind of why I was pausing for you. That's kind of lovely. It is, isn't it? Looks like one of the very first ever <laughs> machines. <laughs> uh, anyway, I know they're not listening to the uh, the barcast. They were trying to listen to us. But thank you. I, I I've learned to live with the fact that I I do kind of look like McFoley. Yeah, but you don't. I mean, you don't. I, yeah, as I know. Much I, as they say you do. I know. I have his. I have. I have curly hair and a goatee. However, the thing that finally made me realize that I shouldn't fight that too much is the fact that everybody in the world loves McFoley. So that's true. They could be saying you look like Hitler. Exactly, or you know, Hollywood Hogan. Ooh, 
Not pretty, but good wrestling reference. Thank you. Because <laughs> that, even that, because that's. I think back. he just. Annu- I think he just announced his retirement again, didn't he? Probably. Well, now he's now he's got that uh, the the dwarf show. Yeah, Hogan's micro tram. Yeah, of course he does. Yeah. What a crock. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I'm going to be in Spain for the week, and I'm going to read that book, Chariot of the Gods, which is very interesting, and hopefully, I'll have all kinds of interesting topics to come back to. I look forward to that. Yeah, um, because I can't be vulgar. Can you tell me a vulgar joke? Um, let's see. Uh, I hate being put on the spot like that. I do have, uh, I do have some vulgar jokes. I just have to think of them really quickly. Okay. Well, while you do that, I'll. Speaking of you, you just reminded me by saying "put on the spot." Probably the only interesting thing that's happened to me this week. Uh, I had a customer come into the store that I work at, looking to buy a cell phone, and he, of course, noticed that I talk funny. So we started discussing just general things, you know, the fact that I moved from Canada, I do a podcast, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny because I don't know how we got on this trail of conversation, but we talked for about half an hour. Uh, It turned out this gentleman works for BBC Radio Wales. Uh, And he does a show in which he interviews the everyman and goes through, you know, just standard life things and does interesting stories on interesting people. So he then came back the next day and interviewed me for a feature on BBC Radio Wales, where I got to name drop the Matt Lee's Band and Legend in My Spare Time podcast. Fantastic. And that literally just came out of nowhere. And I thought, you know, yeah, yeah, he's not going to come back. But he showed up the next day as planned. And uh, we did just a little brief interview. But at one point he did say, uh, we started the interview and then we got kicked out of the spot we were in in the town because it's private property. Which, oddly enough, he turned the microphone off for as uh, soon as the security guard came over and started saying, oh, you can't do that here, he turned the mic off. And I would have, myself, I would have left the mic running. Right. Um, but then we finished the interview. But he finished the interview with saying, cool, and then tell me a funny story. And I thought, because uh, uh, I can't swear, I can't cuss, I can't say anything vulgar. And uh, I ended up telling him a pretty lame story about the wrestling business. And when he had finished the interview, I said, listen... I gave him, he asked me for a CD because he was going to give it to the BBC Radio Wales music director. Uh, so I gave him the CD and I said, my email's on there, so if you decide that this interview is boring and you want to do another one, let me know and we can try again. Because, you know, I felt much like I'd been put on the spot and I wasn't funny enough, you know that feeling. Right, right, right. Uh, much like most of the time when I do this podcast, I feel like, eh, it was all right. Um, but it was really cool and, uh, you know, if I was the kind of guy to believe in, like, fate or destiny... I would feel that that was the ethos way of telling me it's going to be cool. Look, I sent you this guy who works for BBC Radio Wales and is going to give your CD to the music director and is going to give you a feature on the radio. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was really cool. If I can end up finding a link to said interview, I will, of course, forward it to our listeners and let them hear it as well. Yeah. But hopefully hopefully the music director will like what he hears and maybe I'll get radio play on BBC Radio Wales. That is not bad. That is not bad at all. No, it was a good day. So, did you have time to think of your vulgar joke? I actually went online. I found I was because I can't because uh, I can't think of any right now that are re- even remotely funny. So I was trying to find some online. Uh, uh, well, that's not very funny at all. Um, <laughs> so I'll put, I'll put the Jeopardy music behind us at this point. Do, 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 do. That was beautiful. Well, I was trying to find one real quick while I while I actually looked for a joke. Yeah, no problem. What else is what also is beautiful is the strange looks I'm getting from people. Well, of course, because you're talking on the phone in a very odd way in a bar. Yeah, no, I have uh, I have earbuds in with a microphone connected to them, and the phone's actually in my pocket, and the headphone wire runs down my shirt. Oh wow! So, so technically, I'm just sitting here talking to myself. Um, Jesus Christ! Because I know plenty of, I know plenty of dirty jokes, but like the, the ones I'm thinking of right now are just gross and not funny. Hey, we can go with just gross. Okay, well, I mean, because like there's this. Uh, because <laughs> um, like for for some reason I, I just I hate the fact that this is what oh, I, I know okay I'll go with the this one actually is a little bit better because this one will fit at least in what the subject we were talking about earlier I just had to clear my brain for a moment so 
the Norse the Norse god of thunder is up in Asgard and he's feeling a little horny and so he knows that he wants to come down to to Midgard and get a little <laughs> I don't know if they can hear me over that <laughs> happy birthday lady are you gone or are you just listening to people sing happy birthday uh, well I'm telling the joke but I don't honestly I don't know if the, in this recording if they can hear me over that so I stopped for a second but anyway yeah no you you had turned into uh, I, 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 uh, uh, for a second oh, okay. I mean I'm sure I'm sure your recording is picking you up clearly but I was just losing you for a second ah uh, okay um, if we stick around a few minutes, we may get to hear this place sing happy birthday. Yeah. Well, let's see if I can get this joke out real quick. I'm going to turn you okay. down a little bit so I can get this joke in. You pr- you might not hear it, but that you can hear it later. Okay. Um, okay, so the Norse God of Thunder is sitting up in Asgard, and uh, he's really wanting a piece of ass. So he decides he's going to come down to Midgard and gets himself a hooker. And he, you know they negotiate a price. He takes her back to a hotel room, and he absolutely fucks the shit out of her. But he wakes up in the morning. And he feels kind of guilty because, you know, he had his, he used his godlike abilities to charm her. And he goes, mortal, I must tell you, I am Thor. And the hooker goes, you're Thor, I'm Thor, Thor, I can't even pith. And there we go. I missed it all, but I'm going to laugh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Well done, JJ. That was vulgar. Not really. It well, was, you know, it was you know, PG-13. Uh, yeah. Um, as much as it saddens me, it seems like the Skype connection is starting to fail. Ah, oh, bummer. Um, but and it, this pub is getting more and more full of people. Yeah. So maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll fatten up this episode with some music that I've been listening to on my travels across the world. Sweet. And we're almost and, at an hour. Okay, perfect. So we're that's at, what we'll do. Is, uh, we're we'll, 55 we'll, minutes right now. Nice. Well, we'll call it a day at this point then, sadly. Um, like I said, if you are in Cumbran, come to Upper Cumbran. Come to the Bush Inn. The owner's name is Chris. He's a beautiful man, and uh, he was kind enough to let us record here. So tell him that Legend in My Spare Time sent you, because I'm sure that'll shock him, because he'll say, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, you know, just in case he does listen, I'll say thank you right here for letting me sit at your bar and uh, record. Thank you very much. And JJ, thanks again. You are my hero. Again, no problem. Enjoy your time in Spain. Get uh, I will. Get loaded and sunburned. Oh, I will. In a sombrero, no less. Fantastic. But where are you going to be wearing that sombrero? Boosh. <laughs> On my massive head. <laughs> <laughs> and what I'll do is I'll use my voice notes recorder to record uh, drunken ramblings around the, around the pool. Oh, fantastic. And uh, then we'll, you know, we'll come back uh, in, a, in a week or so and we'll start all over again. And hopefully by then you'll be able to hear Lenny Lilac's podcast, Matt Lee's is Dead to Me. You won't hear shit. Boosh. Maybe us just saying that will push him into doing it. That's kind of what I'm trying to do. You know, that's yeah. why I'm saying, Lenny, you're cunt you're not going to record shit. Boosh. And even if he does agree and get together with the guys, he doesn't know how to work any of that equipment, so he's not going to know how to do it. And then if he does, he won't know how to mix it down to an MP3 and email it to me, so it's not going to happen. Exactly. But maybe one day you'll get to hear a podcast called Matt Lees is Dead to Me. I hope so. Which I would be fascinated to hear. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, let's stop recording. Let's get you. You get another beer and enjoy your your beautiful Welsh afternoon. I will. Thank you very much, JJ. And uh, you and I will be in touch via Facebook anyway. I'll send you drunken messages and pictures while I'm at the pool. Sweet. I look forward to it. And all I've learned how to say in Spanish is dos, por favor. There you go. Dos equis. Dos equis. Yeah, I can just point at the drinks. Dos, por favor. Exactly. I can drink two at a time, double fisting. As I like to do. That's what she said. Boosh. Well, thank you very much, JJ. And I'm going to give you the honor of cueing AK. Oh, cool. Hey, AK, give us the retard screen. Legend in my spare time. Motherfucker. When the homeland is in danger and there's trouble in the air, we forget our little squabbles and it's trespassers beware. All the nation is united when the danger looms in sight. And we march along together as we sing with all our might. We must all stick together, all stick together and the clouds will soon roll by. We must all stick together, all stick together, never mind the old school time. United we shall stand, whatever may befall, the richest in the land, the poorest of us all. We must all stick together, birds of a feather, and the clouds will soon roll by. We must all stick together, all stick together, and the clouds will soon 